the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Oh, great God, you're a church-going God. You're in this place, my Father. Touch every heart and minister to every life. Grant us your great grace, my Father, and your holy hand. We need your mighty, mighty, mighty power. And I thank you, dear Lord. And I praise you, dear King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. If you have a Bible this morning, I'd like you to turn your Bible to the Gospel according to John. Gospel according to John. John, will start with chapter 14, verse 1. Glad to see each and every one that's here this morning. I appreciate you being out in God's house to worship Him in spirit and truth. Feel after His great and holy and mighty presence, okay? All right. Here we are in John, the gospel according to John, chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, that's your mind. That's not this pump down here. Sometimes that gets troubled. We have to deal with that, but that's a natural thing. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. That means you believe in the Spirit, okay? God is a Spirit, John 4 and 24, all right? Very important that you get that principle, that truth, straight in your mind. So, once again, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is the flesh talking, the man Christ Jesus, the one that Mary gave birth to, okay? And now he's all grown up, and he's out and among the people, and he is teaching them, all right? Very, very important that you grasp that. So, he goes on to say in verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions, or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I want to talk about this place, this place. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. This place. One of the most important things about this place is to know that this place is in you. Okay? This place is in you. You could... Get some kind of idea that if you think naturally, and that's something that we definitely want to avoid, pray through over. That is that natural thinking. Many examples in the Bible that we've given you over time, but uh, for, for an example, once again, you have the disciples on a boat ride with Jesus, and he has been talking to, to them. And then he tells them uh, to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And all they could get out of that was, we didn't bring the bread. And they start arguing one another, pointing the finger at one another. You should have brought the bread. No, you should have brought the bread. I told you to bring the bread. No, you told him to bring the bread. And it just, until Jesus was just exasperated. And he made it clear to them that he was kind of hoping that by this time, he, they were kind of, 
getting with the program and that there was something in them and lodged in them that he had given to them. And uh, somehow or another, they were falling a little bit short. And so he began to go, by, go through it in a, in a more elementary manner. And he said, listen, he said, I'm talking to you about the leaven of religion, of false doctrine, and how that leaven is an element that is in um, baking and that it causes a, a rising, okay? And so that's the natural side of that. And so he was trying to tell them that you can get the wrong things rising up inside of you that are uh, carnal things, natural things, ungodly things, untrue things. And he was trying to tell them to beware of that false doctrine. Beware of that, okay? So what you want to try to understand along with me this morning uh, from God's Word that I want to go back to a fellow by the name of Moses, a very a servant of God, as he was described. And uh, I want you to understand that he, Moses entered the picture because we had a, a godly mother who cared about her baby, in this case her baby son. And there was a, a law that was passed, an edict that went forth from old Mr. Pharaoh in Egypt, and he was, of course, the king of that country, and uh, they fancied themselves to be, you know, big stuff, and so the Bible teaches that he was going to have all the baby boys wiped out. They were going to be killed. Didn't want them that's an army and that they could rise up against us eventually instead of being in our country and, and being for us they could wind up being against us and we'd be outnumbered and so so as the scripture teaches that uh, Moses's mother being a godly woman and a God-fearing woman she uh, you know these folks kept something going in their houses they lived in Egypt but they, they had it going on in their homes. They had prayer, and they had, they had if what you and I would call Bible or the Word of God, and they were constantly keeping that in front of their children, keeping all of it very much alive. Uh, and that is so important to have that kind of uh, dedication and burden in your life as you are blessed with children, you're raising them up, that you, you keep God in the center of it all, and you make that a part, not, not some rapper, okay? Okay? Not, not some hoochie mama shaking it and dancing all over the place. No, no, no. You, you want something righteous and something godly in front of your children. You want a good example. The Bible did speak very plainly about how a woman was to conduct herself and how she was to dress and, and uh, to the point that it said that, that God looked at that uh, as holy women of old and that it was of great value, great price in the sight of God how they conducted themselves and how they lived. Okay, so it's very, very important, church family, to follow through with what we have here, okay, to be involved with the church and take what you get from the church home 
take it home and have it in your home. Everybody said amen. amen. So because that was going on in Egypt where the people of God were in bondage and that this baby was born and, and uh, his mother gets a godly plan going. And the plan was, okay, they want us to kill the baby. We certainly see that he's a goodly baby and we don't want to kill him. And uh, so she gets her daughter, as she tells her, daughter Miriam, gets her daughter and says, okay, we're going to uh, put him in a, a little ark, a little boat, a little thing that we've made out of the plants around us, and uh, we're going to fix it where it'll float, and we're going to uh, launch it down the river, and we're going to time it. We're going to get it there. You know, God's plans have timing to them. It's not just any old way. Sometimes we'll pray in, to God who, and we'll tell him that uh, you see the big picture. Then we realize that God is the big picture. <laughs> God is the big picture. Amen. And he's aware of every detail. So much so that he said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word's not going to pass away. Not one little accent mark, not the smallest little thing is going to fail. It's all going to be fulfilled. So he is the big picture. and He's, he's got all the details down pat. And I'm so glad he does. I'm glad he sees and understands everything. I certainly don't, and neither do you. But that's where we're walking by faith, aren't we? We're trusting God. We put our, we put our lives in his hands, and, and we want to let him. And when something doesn't quite go the way that we think it should go, we have to, we have to remind ourselves that we're in God's hands and that sometimes we are, gonna, we are going to suffer what we feel is loss, and, and we're going we're gonna to come up a little a little short here and there, but it's all good training. It's all good teaching. It's all to help us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and not to trust in ourselves. Everybody said amen. amen. You get to trust in yourself, and you're going to get yourself in a big mess. That's what's going to happen. You want to trust in God. Amen. You want to trust in God. We've got to die to self. We've got to put self under subjection. All right? Because we get some mighty weird way out thoughts. Yeah. No. And uh, somewhere probably down the road we look back and say, what was I thinking? You know? Well, we also get to a place in life where we wonder what we were thinking three seconds ago. <laughs> so hang in with God, I'm trying to tell you. Hang in with him. He's got a place for you. He's got a place for you. He said, I'll never leave you. He said, I'll never forsake you. God can, with all full confidence, he can use the word never. You know, they always tell us, never say never, right? And, and don't be 100% positive, right? They say only fools are that way. But you know what? My God is positive. And, and my God has, I'm telling you, he's got everything in control. He is the big picture. He is the great God, the almighty God. And I'm very thankful to be able to serve him and to worship him in spirit and truth and to be a part of his program, to be a part of the church, which is the overall body of Christ, which is universal, okay? And we're, we're a local congregation, a local segment, 
of that overall body of Christ. And, of course, this is a church house. And that air conditioner feels pretty good right now, doesn't it? If it gets too cold, just shiver. And uh, if you get too hot, just faint. And uh, we'll, we'll do what we can to, to find a happy medium in there somewhere. All right, so Moses is putting this little boat. He's launched at a certain time, and uh, he's coming down the river. I gather they had checked the tide. They knew what was going on. And uh, they knew also that, that uh, because his sister, this little baby's older sister, uh, served Pharaoh's daughter. She was one of the handmaids. And uh, there was a time each day, evidently, that uh, Pharaoh's daughter would go down to the river, whether to wash or to play, either way, she'd be down there with her handmaids. And uh, so they timed it. And, uh, of course, uh, Moses right on cue. He wasn't Moses yet. He was a baby boy. But uh, he... He, uh, right on cue, he, he cried out, <laughs> and uh, three months old, he, he was hungry. Well, that's typical, right? And, uh, and so it was heard, and of course, uh, his sister knew well, so she brought it to Pharaoh's daughter's attention, and they, they go and they get the baby out of the, pull the boat out and say, oh, look, surprise, surprise, <laughs> it's a, it's one of the Hebrew baby boys. And uh, she was real quick. She said, do you want me to call uh, a nurse to come and one of the Hebrew women to come and nurse the child? And so Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, you go do that. <laughs> Played right into it. They're just wonderful. And so that, isn't that funny that, the, that, that that plan worked so well that the babe was taken back unbeknowings to its mother where it could finish being weaned and, and raised up there, and also that uh, they even paid her. How about that? She even got paid to nurse her own child, to raise her own child. Oh, you know about God providing, friend. Come on, give God a big hand. Woo! Yeah. I'm glad that when God tells you to do a thing, he knows how to provide for it. I'm real happy about that. And everybody said amen. amen. I think of us in our building program over here, and, and God's just been taking care of everything, and he knows how to do that. All right? Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Good. I love the Lord. I love the way he does things. He makes us to rejoice. And, and the writer Paul inspired, he said, rejoice. And again, I say unto thee, in case there's anybody slacking along, got the long face, and falling in the canal and dried up because they're so sour. But... Uh, but he, he said again and again, I say unto thee, rejoice. And they were just ramming that right on through. Come on and get with the program. We're supposed to be happy people. Happy people. Amen. 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 When, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I can be happy because there's a flag goes up and starts waving and God is declaring war on the enemy. And he's going to take care of business. Don't you worry about that. He's never late. He's always on time. May not be your time, but what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Think about that. God, who is the creator of all things, the former of all things, he formed us from the dust of the earth. This great eternal God, he's the one that knows. And if you trust him and you love him and you worship him and you praise him, 
When you, you grow in confidence, you can come boldly or confidently to the throne of Almighty God, and you know that he's going to take care of business. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So Moses gets his name because Pharaoh's daughter named him uh, because she drew him out of the water, drew him out of the water. And uh, after going through some weaning and growing, uh, he is then presented to Pharaoh's daughter and pretty, made, pretty much grew up from there on in the courts of Pharaoh. And it came to, play, to pass, you know, that he, he got to be like we all get to be. We get to feel in our oats and, you know. And, uh, so he goes out and he never forgot and it was always a strong connection with the spiritual. And uh, I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. And so he goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating up on a, on a Hebrew. And uh, so he did what we do when we take things into our own hands, make a mess of everything. <laughs> and so he reacted to the wrong thing and uh, wrong impulse, and he, he smote that Egyptian and whooped on him until he killed him. And then he thought, like again, like us, our flesh this is, and if we're not careful, we can get fleshly after even getting this experience. And he said, uh, well, he said, I've, I've killed him. I guess I better, you know, I'll have to dig a hole here and bury him, cover him over with the sand. And uh, that's us. We want to, you see, covering your own, your own boo-boos, your own mistakes doesn't work. Doesn't work. Nothing but the blood, church family. That's all that can take care of our sins and our shortcomings, and our faults, and our failures. And that's why we've got to come before God, and we've got to tell him. We've got to confess it. And that's not a, you know, once-a-year thing, like it was under the law. That's an everyday thing, as it is under grace. As we pray and we talk to our God, we come to his throne with confidence that if we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins our mistakes, our shortcomings, our faults, our failures, our confusions. You know, it's the enemy that's the author of confusion. Let me tell you, the enemy is the author of that. God is the author of peace. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, uh, here I am preaching about a baby coming in, and here, here comes one. Isn't that nice? Uh, we don't have Moses, though. We've got a Noah, <laughs> and that's nice. So, keep in mind. Keep in mind that uh, Moses comes out the second day, the Bible says, and he finds two Israelites, two Jewish, and they're fighting each other. And he figures, man, i got to straighten them out. So he tells them that, you know, you're not supposed to fight one another. <laughs> Boy, that's a good thing. I like that. There should be ethics, shouldn't there be? Yes, there should be. There, you know, when later on, Moses will come back to after leaving Egypt, he will come back, and he brings a plan, and he goes to the elders. He goes to the elders. And so, you know, it's, it's good to read your Bible and learn the proper chain of command and how God does things and how God has set things up, and you work with that. And uh, I promise you, if, if somebody came to me this morning and said that their heart was racing, they're having difficulty, and, um, you know, the heart's not cooperating right now, then there's, then there's that thing called blood pressure that doctors don't even understand. 
80% of it they do not understand. And they said the other 20% is built around diet and exercise. How about that? Okay. So, and I'm not knocking the doctors. I'm just telling you what was told to me, flat out. And um, I thought it was quite an honest admission, actually. But uh, there are so many things that can go wrong. You know, you can, uh, toothache can put you in some miserable pain, can it? Send you running for a dentist. And, uh, you know, lots of things, lots of things. I talked to a man who's supposed to work on the building, and he, he hadn't been out because he told me he broke his wrist. Lots of things can happen, right? Lots of things can happen. I got a call this morning about somebody who fell and uh, tore up their whole arm, had to go to the emergency room. And so there's lots of things that can happen. But our God is the creator of it all. And I'm glad we can go to him. I'm glad that we can call on his name, that we have the name. We, it's like having the combination to the safe that has everything in it. We have that name. And we... They, they didn't have that name. They had many titles, but they never had the name until that angel was dispatched from heaven and told Mary and Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What a marvelous proclamation that was. What a revelation that was. Lots of people say his name today, but they don't have the revelation of who he is. They don't know. They don't have the revelation of spirit and flesh, that the spirit was in the flesh. They don't have the revelation of 1 Timothy 3.16, that God, who is a spirit, was manifest or shown clearly in the flesh. They don't have it. They don't have it. And they're all mixed up on so many things that are uh, man's thinking, man's ideas. Don't do it my way. Going to bury my sin with the sand around here. Going to take care of this. You know, you're going to do it your way, and you're going to wind up in the wrong place for all eternity, and there's nothing funny about that. That's a great sadness, and it, it's beyond. And no wonder that we have to make intercession. First of all, we have to make intercession. Okay? We have to, we have to talk to God about people who don't know how to talk to God themselves or won't talk to God themselves. So as the church, as the body of Christ, we have some responsibilities here. And we've got to do things right. We've got to handle things right. You could name all kinds of occupations that are probably represented here, things that you do, jobs that you have, and somebody would do something wrong and you would say, no, no, let me show you how to do that. There would be probably no argument. I mean, come on now, if a, if a doctor... If a doctor comes and, uh, and tells you, a dentist we mentioned, or a doctor I mentioned, uh, a surgeon, whatever, uh, and they tell you that uh, you've got a certain problem and this is the way it needs to be handled, you know you're not going to argue. You're not going to jump up and say, Doc, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, right about then they're going to call the people with the white coats probably strap you down and wheel you out, take you to that place with rubber walls, you know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You, you know you're not going to do that. You're going you're gonna to have such respect. Hmm? Oh, you're going to have respect. Yeah. Oh, 
you're gonna the head's gonna be going like yes, 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 oh yeah, okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I remember my wife was. Um, I told somebody the other day. I said, I said, um, you have a baby gonna be born, you know? And I said, uh, I said, you can call me for prayer. I said, but um, I'm gonna dispatch Senior Sister Feld at that point. I said, um, I don't deliver babies. And uh, I said, I'm at the coffee shop. I don't drink coffee, but I'll be at the coffee shop. And I'll be probably sitting there reading my Bible and maybe have a nice tea and, until they call me and say, okay, the baby's here, and then I'll come running. Happy to do that. <laughs> and I'll be happy to dedicate. Happy to do that. And raise up and all kinds of things and be there for every bump and nick and cut and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, but deliver the baby. No, no, no that's not my calling. <laughs> but, you know, there was one baby, for an example, that... Um, Oh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the person said um, to see Sister Feld, said, Mom. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, she went, and uh, we went, and I did as I said. I went my way, and she went in the room. And, and uh, so she was more or less watching everything uh, like a mama would do. And uh, so this woman was having her first child. And uh, things weren't going so good. I mean, things weren't going so good. And uh, there was a bunch of nurses around there, like hens in a chicken coop, I guess. And uh, they, one of them said, she's not pushing. Seems <laughs> Phelps spoke up and said, oh, yes, she is. She said, I know this girl. She said, she's strong. said, you need to get the doctor in here, and you need to do a C-section. Well, finally, as things didn't move along, they decided maybe we'd better listen to what we're being told. So they went and got the lady doctor, and in came the lady doctor. She took one look at that girl, and she said, get her ready. Get her in there. We're going to do a C-section. There's things that I'm trying to say. Now, now when Sinsit Fell said that, you know, the nurses were all, but uh, when the doctor said, get her ready, everybody's moving. Everybody's moving. <laughs> you know, amazing, you know, amazing. Yeah. Well, Jesus, Jesus ran into a lot of walls with people, and I'm going to bring you there in just a minute in the Bible. And, uh, but I'm trying to tell you that the enemy absolutely fights the church, he fights the leadership, he fights God's, God's system and God's plan and God's chain of, of command, he fights it. And he absolutely, we're, we're watching our world become more and more populated, and so it's becoming more and more evident and obvious before us uh, of the chaos and the lack of respect and the rebellion that's in our world. To the point that, as it, as it is written, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That's the time we're living in. And, and relating back to that time to this time. And the Bible said back in that time that God looked at the earth and, and, and beheld that it was filled with violence. Violence, you know, violence. And that people are just given over 
to spirits that cause them to hate and to maim and to kill and to fight and to cause, you know, there are people, they have places they call work, work uh, force. And uh, you can go down, and I've been there uh, early on when I came in the church, and it was a big courtyard, and there's all kinds of men standing around just wanting to go to work. And uh, they'd have a guy step out, and he'd say, okay, I need five guys. Get your shovels. I'm going to send you to a job. We've got to dig a trench or whatever. And, you know, different things like that. And so I'm saying to you that people, people have to realize that there's a, a, uh, a workforce here. There's a job to be done, and God's looking for some people that are willing to work and get the job done. And uh, we don't, remember when Jesus told about people standing around idols in the marketplace. You know, that really means that there were people standing around, milling around that weren't having anything to do with God. There was no conversation about God. You read in your Bible where there was going to be a book of remembrance for people that spake often one to another in the name of the Lord, and that God was taking note of that, and their names were going to be in that book. And uh, so there are people, though, that are idle. They're idle. Now, the old adage, I'm sure Jamaica has one, but the, the old adage over here in good old America was that uh, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. And uh, that's what your Bible is saying here, that they were idle in the marketplace. And that means that they were just not having anything spiritual going on. And so, you know, has it, how is it written in the book of Second Thessalonians? God said, if you don't receive the love of the truth, a love for the truth, okay? He said, then I'll send you a strong delusion that you'll believe a lie and be damned. Hmm? So I guess what that boils down to is God saying, I'm giving you truth. I'm feeding you truth. I'm feeding you truth. I'm feeding you truth. If you're not careful, you get blasé about that, carefree about that. You just kind of let it, you know, what do they say? Come see, come saw. You know, you sit that way, no big deal. <gasps> Whatever. You know, you get like that. You know, you can even follow it with a sigh. You ever hear some of these kids? You know, they they go. Well, I guess that's what took place. You know, and and uh, but I'm saying that the idleness, the lack of spirituality, the lack of interest, involvement about the things of God. Get excited about everything else, everything carnal, everything natural, but not much oomph about God. And here is the one that is sent out by God and saying, I want you to come work in the fields. I want you to help us to reap the harvest, get the job done. And, um, you know, agrees with them for a certain wage. And the Bible teaches that they, they agreed. And they went out at a certain time, you know. And there's everybody's going to have in their life, they're going to have their, most everybody, they're going to have their allotted time, you know. And, and what's going on in that time? And I, that's why it's such a privilege, a double privilege, if you please, to bring your children to church at an early age and to, to raise them up, see them raised up, see them exposed and taught and trained about the things of God. And get it early. Get it early. And you'll have that training. And the book said if you get that, you, you're not going to depart from it, which I think maybe 
the writer was really saying is not going to depart from them. It's going to be in there pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. Memories of all the good things should they start looking the wrong direction and start getting involved with the wrong things. And for whatever reason, and I think I told you the other day about the sign I saw, no excuses. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, old man. Nothing is going to work. Hey, Jesus Christ gave his life. That flesh took every beating, every whipping, every spitting, every, every thorny crown in his head. Oh, yes, and, and insults. And he suffered uh, the humiliation of it all. Despised. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes humiliation. Yeah, but he put up with all of that. He tolerated all of that. He endured all of that. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. I am talking to you about God's got a place for you. You need to recognize that. The place right where you fit, place where he wants you, where he wants to use you. Come on, get in the vineyard, and let's reap the harvest. Isn't it written? The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Laborers are few. And so they, there were those that, that chose. They chose. I've watched people go out, friends. And it was their choice to go out. It was a bad choice. They could have stayed. Everything was done. Everything was provided. Everything was being provided. They just made a bad choice. And there were those that, that chose not to go into the vineyard. Not to go into the vineyard. Not to go. Well, I'm going to do this. It's like Peter, you know. No, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, really, I'm not going to wash your feet? Then you're not with me. You're no part. You have no part. And Peter changed his tune, didn't he? Yeah. People think that they're going to have their way and do that. I'm trying to tell you that doesn't work. Let's turn in the Bible. Once again to where we started this morning. John chapter 14. Let us recap. Let not your heart appear. Don't let it be troubled. And, there's, and the, the devil has many a thing he's going to send your way to try to trouble your heart, your mind, to upset you, to get you to knock you off of center. You know, what they say about some people, they're off their feed. <laughs> it just gets you all messed up. You know, gets you, gets you sour and gets you down and, and gets you grumbly and miserable and you know, and that's where the old saying, boy, you got out of the bed on, on the wrong side of the bed. You know, well, there's the wrong side of that spiritual bed. There's too much carnality. You know what the old Indian said? He said, it's like two dogs inside, and they're fighting. And so he was asked, which one wins? He said, the one I feed the most. The one I feed the most. So we want to feed the spiritual man. Everybody said amen. amen. Oh, yeah, we want to give ourselves to the things of God so we can come up with the right thoughts and the right plans and the right thinking and not be, you know, oh, oh you forgot the bread or, you know, what did I do end of the second time in the mother's womb and all kinds of crazy ideas that people get, weird ideas. And Jesus telling a man how to be born again, how to be saved, how to make heaven his home, how to be a part of the kingdom of God, and him supposed to be a righteous man, him supposed to be a learned man. Got some smarts in the head. And he makes a statement like that. Jesus never even answered him uh, in the sense that he wanted to be answered. He went, 
Jesus just told him exactly. He didn't mess with it at all. He just said, you must. You know, right there, I know that that sent that guy's brain into all kinds of flip-flops. You know, that old fleshly, I don't want to be told what to do. That's the kind of world we're living in. And I, that's certainly the way I was. I'm not hiding from you. I wasn't always a preacher. I was lost. I was rebellious. Doing all kinds of wrong things and all kinds of wrong thoughts and going in wrong places with wrong people. You know, some people want to, they want to whitewash everything. You know, make themselves look like they're so that you are lost. You are a sinner. <laughs> you are a booger. <laughs> Just ask your mother. She's still with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The only one that I know that wasn't like that was. You would have, if you would have asked my mother-in-law about their baby son. That was the one right under scene six films. He couldn't do any wrong. Nothing. And my wife always had to babysit him. So she'd take him up to the top of the hill in the stroller and push him down. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, you know, she had a pea shooter. Yeah. He'd be, in the, he'd be in the house, and he'd be sitting there, you know, and she'd be in the kitchen where the little window is, and, and uh, Bang in the back of the head, you know, he'd go crying, mommy, mommy, mommy. So she'd hide the pea shooter and she'd go about business, you know. Whatever snails were climbing up in the pot, she that was her job to hit the snails, knock them down. Oh yeah. You know. So I'm just saying, you know, we, we were lost. We were lost. And here's Jesus. He's saying, Let not your heart be troubled. He said, You believe in the spirit? He said, Believe also in this flesh, this man Christ Jesus this visible manifestation. He said, in, in the Spirit's house are many mansions or many dwelling places. And he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He is coming again, church family. Don't grow weary with that. Don't let that, don't let that fade in your thinking, in your mind. He said, I'll... I'll uh, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. What a blessing, church family, that we have been privileged to know the way. And of course, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the way you know, when you get your understanding open. You know how many people we witness to and talk to and, and try to convince and persuade of the truth of the scriptures and many of them just glaze over and they just have their arguments because in their heart they really don't want to go into the, into the vineyard. They really don't want to go do the work of God. They just want to keep on doing all the things they're doing but they want to claim that everything's all right. They just want to have their way. Huh? They just want their way. But Jesus said, you must. Ooh, I must, yeah. yeah. Like somebody, it was, a, I believe, a lawyer that said to me in conversation not too many moons ago and said, um, we deal in absolutes around here. Oh. I wanted to preach right then. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, it's an absolute. There is no other way. You must be born again of water and the Spirit. 
water, baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon of all of your sins. The blood is in that name. And when we bring you down in the water and bring you back up, that and a thousand, always brought everybody back up. Haven't left anybody down there yet. Aren't you glad? Amen. And when we bring you up out of the waters of baptism, then you're washed in his precious blood. And all your sins are forgiven. Everything, everything, everything. Your conscience is wiped clean. You're made pure. Oh, yeah. And then the heavens are open and you can receive the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, here's one of these uh, spiritual thinkers. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Well, here's, here's our, another buddy. And he saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth or satisfies us. We'll be satisfied. And that's something that the guy in hell lift up his eyes, said, send somebody, send Lazarus back. I got family, and, and they, they don't need to come here. Tell them not to come here. That's really saying, I was wrong, and I blew it, and I'm stuck now for all of eternity. And the end of my tongue, if I could just have one little drop of water, because I'm parched. But I can't do anything now. All my riches are gone. All my little ways are gone. All my little connivings are gone. I can't do anything. But you could send Lazarus back. Well, I promise you Lazarus wasn't wanting to go back. He wasn't volunteering for that job. Oh, man, he was, he was in the arms of, of, of Abraham. He was being rocked, man. He was feeling great. He was like, no way, no way, no way, no way. Well, fortunately, that order didn't come through anyway. Matter of fact, God said, listen, said, they've got Moses, they've got the prophets, in other words, they've got the word of God, they've got all of my provision working for them. You know God's working for you, he's trying to save you and keep you saved. Boy, that's a job, Woo. that's a job for God, let me tell you. <laughs> amen, amen and amen and amen. Yeah, but God said the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to have a church, and I'm going to work through the church, and I'm going to have a chain of command. I'm going to have a whole setup, and I'm going to work through them. Amen. Yeah. So try to work with it. Try to work with it. Die to yourself. Die to your flesh. Die to your natural thinking. So here we have Philip. Show us the Father. We'll be satisfied. Well, again, that's just like if you send somebody back from the dead, they'll believe. 
And the Lord said, no, 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 no. That's not the plan. That's one of your crazy ideas. I'm, what I've given them, if they won't believe that, then they're not going to believe anybody when they rise from the dead. You know? Either you're going to believe or what God has provided for you to believe, or you're just, and, and be in the spirit, or you're, you're just going to live life in the flesh, which is the enemy of God. And you're going to do it your way. You're going to think in your patterns. I told you that little part of the song said, silly me, silly me, reverting back to my old ways. Well, it is silly. It's worse than silly. It's tragic. Yeah, it's tragic. And you can come up with all kinds of rationalizations. You can come up with all kinds of reasons. But they don't work. They're not going to work. Not going to work. Jesus came right back to it. You must be born again of water and spirit. You know how many people are going to say, I did this and I did that and I did the other? And it's going to come back, I never knew you. Never knew you. So, look what he says. You want to show us and we'll be satisfied. God knows what satisfies. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Be careful, because the responsibility, this world that we live in does not want responsibility, and they don't want to give any kind of account for themselves. Oh, but there's a day coming when the books are going to be open, church family. And everybody's going to hear what they did with that allotted period of time called your life. You're going to have to give that account. You're going to have to give that account. You're going to have to answer to God. And there's not going to be any arguing. There's not going to be, therefore thou art inexcusable. Amen. Now, Amen. now, now is our opportunity. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Let's stand and love God together. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. I give you glory. Lord God Almighty, touch our hearts. Minister to our minds. Give us faith, oh God. Give us strength and victory and encouragement in the Holy Ghost, my God. Help us, oh Lord. Wash us in your blood. Strengthen us in the Holy Ghost and fire. God, God, my Holy Father, let your hand be upon all your people, God. Give us the great grace and the touch of the Almighty God. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Give God a big hand, will you? Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All right, you can be seated. Just give me a few more minutes of your, what did one guy say? Lend me your ears. So lend me your hearing, in other words, and let me finish up here. So Jesus made it clear somebody didn't have the revelation. The light that was shining so brightly somehow hadn't gotten into this heart. And that's why this heart was troubled and saying, show us the Father and we'll be untroubled, we'll be satisfied, we'll be cool. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, I'm standing right in front of you. The church family, God's put an awful lot of good things right in front of us.
He's given us a lot of good and a lot of opportunities, and, uh, and he continues to do so, thankfully, until that catching away takes place. We have an opportunity. We have a heavenly opportunity, and that's Hebrews chapter 11. They could have gone other ways. They could have done that, but they were persuaded, and they embraced, as I mentioned last week about Simeon of old, they embraced the Christ. And uh, you want to get a hold of this and not let go. You don't want to let anything persuade you to go right or go left or go back. Okay? You, you've got something here that's way too precious. Way too precious. And uh, you shouldn't let the devil use anybody or anything to put you on the spot. I one time had a man in the church years ago. He's passed on. But um, I said, look out. I said, they're trying to put you on the spot. He said, yeah. He said, well, I know how to put them off the spot. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's good. You just, you just keep that name Jesus going, and you just make it clear that that's, it's like the guy that came to our church in Miami, and, and it was a two-story building, and he got taken upstairs by my pastor, and he saw that big, and he said, Wow. This is perfect for bingo. <laughs> and my pastor was, you know, very wise and very polite. And uh, I guess he was in the wise and the polite mood that day. <laughs> I'd seen him otherwise. <laughs> but uh, he just simply said, he said, yeah, if we believed in it. Mm -hmm. Which brings you to the account of the people on the plane was announced by the captain that they had, the engines had quit and they were headed down some, some 30,000 feet. And uh, so people started scrambling in the plane and they asking, is there a preacher on board? Is there a rabbi on board? Is there anybody that can pray? And nobody was volunteering. Finally, one little weak hand went up and the gentleman said, well, he said, I, I don't claim anything. He said, but I did live next to a, a church, a uh, church house. And he said, um, I, I could pray like they prayed. Anything, anything, okay, man, yeah, do it. Plane's going down, plane's going down. So he starts out, 36, 85, 49, 33, bingo! Now that's about as good as some people idea of prayer is going to go. That's about as far as it's going to extend and reach and you know, all that. And a lot of other things that people have in mind, that they, their natural mind has made up, and that they refuse the light and the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, that the Spirit came in the flesh. This isn't designed to be natural and carnal. Those things are the enemy of God. But God is the one that has set it up and designed it. He's the one that placed it all in order. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's up to you and I to submit ourselves. That's another word we don't like. You, know, you can get into a pretty, pretty tough wrestling match and you can get a hold put on you and you have to pat the mat and that tells the referee you... You're done. I'm done here. 
read about a guy one time who was a bull, and he uh, he was winning. I mean, he had it, and then all of a sudden, the other guy got him in a hold, and uh, he he knew different forms of wrestling, and this he also knew jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. That's when you practice judo and you speak Spanish and all that stuff. Actually, I think maybe he's from Brazil. He might speak Portuguese. I mean, but whatever the case, he told the guy, the, the bull of a guy that he was had been wrestling with. He said, uh, he said, hit the mat. He said, because otherwise, your leg's going to be broken. And so the guy, he finally, he hated to do it. Oh, he hated to do it. He hated to do it. He finally hit the mat. That's us, right there. That's us. God is saying, give it up. Repent. Change your way, your direction, your thinking. Pay attention here. Listen, get the light on this thing. Submit. Submit. Amen. Submit. Because if not, There's going to be a bad consequence. And that guy, big old bull of a guy, he didn't want a broken leg. And he knew. He knew. He understood what had happened. He got himself in a bad situation. Fixing to have a broken leg. Well, there's, there's worse things than a broken leg. The things which we have to do with and the one with whom we have to do with. There's far worse consequences. If you could, there'll come a day when hell will be heard. And the truth of the matter is, and I've told you, anybody I've ever known or heard of that had a vision of hell. Friend, the preacher's wife that's sitting right in the front. Everybody's there, packed out. All of a sudden, she jumped up, screaming her lungs out, ran to the back and flopped on the floor, crying and screaming. Right there, sitting there, God had given her a vision of hell. She knew a man that was greatly used of God. He, he was praying. He was known for prayer. And he was praying. And uh, he asked God to give him a vision of hell to deepen his burden. This was a man that already had a pretty deep burden. And uh, God showed him. And it was long before all of these, uh, like we've got out in the lobby, all these screens or monitors. Oh, yeah. And he said, it, he described it. He said it was like all around them, screen after screen after screen after screen. And uh, long before, the, I guess it was Technicolor, he got Technicolor from God and said that he started screaming asking God to shut it off turn it off he almost lost his mind it was so terrible what he was shown so terrible consequences are a lot worse than a broken leg or a broken relationship or your little hurt feelings because they're nothing but flesh anyway. Yeah. 
Jesus said, listen, you don't need to be troubled. He said, if you're believing right, if you're trusting right, if your confidence level is where it belongs, he said, you got nothing to worry about. Keep that flesh into subjection. Keep praying. Keep going to church. Keep reading your Bible. And no one thing will do it, church family. It's a combination of things. It's a combination of spiritual things, godly things, righteous things, God-appointed, commanded things. Over and over, the Bible teaches us. Help us, Lord, to keep this flesh under subjection. Help us, Lord, to be obedient. You may not feel very important, but believe me, you're important to the devil. But I'm glad that you're more important to God. That's the truth. That is the truth. Because the devil wants everybody, but he wants everybody that has the truth more than he wants anything else. He wants to snuff out the church. He wants to destroy order. He wants chaos. He wants rebellion. He wants I can do it my way. My way. I remember when I was like that. And I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to go back to the old way, the sinner way, the sinful way, the unbelieving way. I don't want to go back to that. And church family, I got news for you. There are no exceptions. Well, you're special. No, there's nobody special. Only as a group we are special to God. But you, you're not going to pull any of that spoiled brat stuff is not going to work. It is not going to work. God got so put out with people and their rebellious and carnal and stubborn and bratty ways, just want to have their way. And he said, though Moses and Samuel and David stood before me, he said, ah, they'd only save themselves, and that's it. <laughs> that would be it. He was so put out with it. He told Moses one time, he said, stand aside. He said, and I'll wipe them out and make a nation out of you. This is the same God that made a nation out of Abraham. <laughs> and now we're at Moses. Moses that God made a plan for to save him from the devil. Isn't that what he does, did for us? He made a plan to save us from the devil, church family. Amen. Come on now. God so loved this world. Trying to save people. Trying to deliver people. Trying to change people. Get that old heart out of there. Put in a new heart. God been doing heart surgery long before the doctors came along. Amen. The woman by the, uh, by the riverside, Paul was fixing to have prayer. He'd been doing a little preaching. And... Uh, she, the Bible said she attended unto the words that he spoke. God made that happen. God made that happen. And that and she, she was a businesswoman. She was, you know. And the Bible said that he opened her heart. He opened her heart that she would attend unto the word of God, that she would pay attention to that, listen to that, and obey that, and submit to that. Oh, yeah. You figured very prominently. She's not mentioned too much in the Bible, but enough and prominently she was 
figured in to the great plan and the great work of God. You want to be a part of this. You want to stay with this. You don't want to let anything, anything at all, turn you right or left or backward. Not anybody or anyone. I've told you before. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts and uncles, cousins by the score. There's hardly nowhere you can go and mention in New York. My wife says, oh, yeah, I had family over there. Someone will come up and I'll say, yeah, what about that? Oh, yeah, I had family. I started laughing, man. I said, is there any place you didn't have family? <laughs> you know? Amazing. You know, you really want to laugh um, whether, whether you like them or not, and I don't care, and I'm going to tell you right now, politics is not where we belong, church family. And you know what? There are people scared to death about, you know, the old one, the, as always, a president goes out and another one comes in and, and, and everybody gets, a lot of people get shook up. It doesn't, if you're in the church, you're in the body of Christ, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry. You have God. You serve God. You're living for God. Heaven is where you're going. Amen. Praying for all of them, and it doesn't matter who they are or what their skin color is or anything else about them like that. Praying for them that, so that we can live quietly and peaceably, the Bible said, in these times. Everybody said amen. amen. That's our responsibility. Amen. Amen. My wife lived right in the same neck of the woods, and, but I guess she was like me. I lived across the tracks. I lived on the poor side. And uh, I guess she kind of lived on that side, too, in a different part. Of, by that, I mean a different part of the, of the island, Long Island. And, um, but she was maybe a couple of blocks away from where the president uh, grew up. And uh, so what? Who cares? You know, What really matters is what are you doing with what God's given you and what he's offering to you? What are you doing with it? That's all that's going to matter is what we do for Jesus and what kind of shape spiritually we're in when it's our time to go. I know the Bible said and teaches that we're at the last trump. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, which has been calculated at one fortieth of a second, I will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. But I got news for you. That's, that's the first resurrection. And the first ones coming out on that is going to be the dead in Christ. They're going to rise first. And then the ones that are representing the body of Christ on earth, alive, will then be caught up to meet them and join them in the air, and so shall we ever be. Look at this wonderful class. My goodness. All these beautiful young ladies, especially the last one that keeps them all in line. Amen. Beautiful spirit, we trust. All these handsome young men, very nice, very good. Raising them up, training them up, helping them. All right. We want them to know what is being offered to them. We want everybody to know that. Y'all going to fit? A little diet. We need a little dieting. Okay, no problem. No problem. All right, everybody said hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. All right, Mark. Yes, yes, yes.
So Jesus said, look, uh, I've been with you a long time. And he said, the problem is you don't know me. He said, he has seen me, Jesus said, the flesh has seen the spirit. And how sayest thou then, show us the spirit? Every time he does something, it's a demonstration of the spirit. Every time. Thank God for that. You need to give God glory, church family. He said, believest thou not? Well, that's the problem. That I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Oh, that's nice when you're not bragging on yourself. Talking about yourself. Yeah. But he said, look, the Father that dwells in me, the Spirit that dwells in me, that's who's doing the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works, works' sake. You know, you might want to take a good look at what God has done in your life. Things didn't just happen. The good things in your life have happened and are happening because of God. It's easy to say that with your mouth, but it's that heart that we're talking about. Jesus said, you don't need to be troubled. He said it in 2 Thessalonians. He spoke through the Apostle Paul and said, not to be troubled. Soon, not to be troubled. Whether in mind, heart, or otherwise. He was telling them because the day is coming. The day is coming. And Jesus will appear. And he will catch his waiting bride away. Amen. There are people going to scramble. I'm telling you. They're going to scramble. They're going to try every way they can. Every way they can. I don't have time to go further into the, that chapter. You read it for yourself. Pray. Chapter 14. And uh, but old Moses is putting him up. He's out there in the desert. He's had to run because the sin caught up with him. Pharaoh was hunting him down. He was a wanted man, fugitive. And uh, finds himself in great need and a great problem. Didn't know what to do. What happened to my calling? What happened to who I'm supposed to be? And I'm a Hebrew and so on and so forth. And now he's cowering in the desert in caves. And uh, the Lord appears to him, sends an angel, a burning bush. He says, well, I'm going to go over there and find out why that, investigate that, find out why that bush isn't being consumed. <laughs> and he goes marching up there with his, all his swag. You know what somebody said, your swag makes God gag. <laughs> all right, maybe so. He's not looking for conceit. He's not looking for all of your, you know, boasting. You got to boast, boast in God. Amen. So God said through the angel, he said, uh, hold it. Don't come any closer. He said, as a matter of fact, take your shoes off. That you're on holy ground. You know, if you really believe the Bible, 
And you know it tells you that God is holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And what manner of holiness we should be having, knowing that we're hastening to the coming of the Lord, when the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat and the heavens are going to be rolled up like a scroll. The stars are going to fall. And the smallest star is bigger than this planet. Oh, friends, hear me now when I tell you that you want to take heed to the things that you're hearing. Submit yourself and humble yourself. Get on it. Get on. Get before God and just tell him, help me. Help me to get over myself. Please help me. Jesus told some people one time, he said, my word has no place in you. But Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I want that place to be in me where he will reside in his holy, the gift of his Holy Spirit, eternal life. And I want it to, that inner man to be so alive, it just takes in this word. I want, there's got to be room in my life for the word of God. There's a whole lot of other things that I don't need. You know? A whole lot of other things that we don't need. We can get rid of those things. We could chuck those things overboard. We could do without those things. Man asked me the other day, did you see the inauguration? I said, no. Afraid it didn't. A little too busy. And that was the end of that conversation. And it wasn't ugly. It was just, you know, that's the way it went. And I wasn't, I wasn't snooty or snobby about it. It was very nice. I said, no, it didn't. No, too busy. You know, doesn't mean you don't get some fringes and you get a little thing you know a little bit. Okay, yeah. You can go through the paper and just pick up a few things and, you know, don't overdo it. And, uh, but this, now this we want to know. This we want in our heart. Jesus said the words that I'm speaking to you, they're eternal. They're eternal. And one of these days, this body's going to be done with here. You're going to, our, the spirit is going to leave this body. And we're going to enter into eternity. And we're either going to be in the right place or the wrong place. But it'll be world without end, whichever place it is. Which really means we're going to be with the right one or we're going to be with the wrong one. We're going to be with the one who is the God of peace. Or we're going to be with the tormented. Let's stand together. God has a place, this place, this Holy Ghost place, this place in the body of Christ where you belong and where you can fit. It'll all be right. Everybody said amen. amen. It'll be your, I never know how they like to say it, Nietzsche or Nietzsche, but it just means you know that you fit right there. That's for you. That's prepared for you. That's your place. Amen. That's your place. The biggest place in your life you want to dedicate and set, set to the side for God. You want that. And that takes, you got to go to, you got to, 
put yourself into that. It's not just going to happen. Not just going to come see, come saw. You know? And you're going to think so good of yourself, just like you do when you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar or, you know, I told you about the little boy that he got, he got told that he'd, he'd been eating the chocolate cake that he wasn't supposed to eat. And he said, no, no, I didn't. And the chocolate was all over his face and all over his white shirt. <laughs> and that's, that's so typical of us no matter what age we are. We want to somehow explain ourselves out of it. And I'm trying to tell you that's not going to work. Not going to work. Make the most of it now. Because he's, he's got a place for you. Okay, he's got a place for you. No matter what your name is, what your age is, he's got a place for you. Okay? You need to see the importance of it. You need to acknowledge how important it is. Let's take a moment. We're going to sing and we're going to worship. Let's love our God. Let's love our God. Come on. I give you praise, Holy Jesus. I thank you, great and mighty God. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your victory. Oh God, oh God, my Father, help me over every battle and every obstacle that's before me, Lord. Please, oh Holy Jesus, I pray that you will strengthen me. I pray that I can be humble and contrite, that you will not refuse me if I show the right attitude, Lord. Won't you help me? Won't you strengthen me, Lord? Oh God, I pray. I pray. I pray. said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Amen and amen and amen and amen. If you're here this morning, we have someone to baptize. And I hope that you'll... Whoa, I'm so sorry. My bad. My bad. I didn't see it. Right side doesn't work so hard. Okay.
Uh, I also, though, while we're gathering around, and uh, Sister Stephanie, maybe we'll get the person to be baptized, get them ready. Um, I want us to gather around the front. And uh, Oh, we didn't take the offering yet. Oh, I have such faithful, loving people. And you know, it is important to worship God with an offering. It really is part of the Bible, part of the teaching. Everybody said, God bless the offering. In Jesus' name.